0: Whether I'm turkey hunting, scouting, or glassing for game, I never go into the woods without my Vortex Optics. With their VIP warranty, I can go with confidence because it'll replace any glass damaged in the woods. I dropped my binoculars out of the deer stand last fall, and Vortex got me fixed up and back in the tree in no time. Vortex makes the highest quality and affordable rangefinders, binoculars, and scopes on the market. Y'all check them out at vortexoptics.com.
1: I feel like, you know, if you're going to have a good time saddle hunting, you're going to have a bad time saddle hunting. It comes down to organization.
2: You're listening to the Ozark Podcast, presented by Inland. We sit down with men and women from the Ozarks that have a passion for the outdoors. Our aim is to listen, learn, and pass along their knowledge and experiences to help you become a better outdoorsman. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Kyle V. What's up y'all? Welcome back for another episode of the Ozark podcast. You've got Kyle V on the mic as always and I am joined by two special friends and one guest who's been on before, uh, Devin Howland of Ozark Archery. And uh, we're here hanging out at his house today. We are just a few short days away from getting into bow season for deer. And uh, and with that, we wanted to get together today and, and talk about saddles. We actually had A a guest reached out to us, and I've got his name pulled up here. I'm going to give give him a shout-out. Seth Bowles reached out to us. Shout-out, Seth. Shout-out to Seth. Thanks for reaching out. Uh, Thanks for listening. And he said, you keep bringing up saddles in the episodes I've listened to so far, and I was wondering if y'all would do an episode where you go over your setups since the season is about to start. Um, Seth's been saddle hunting for a little while, and he wants us to go – just past the basics and, and he's looking for ways to improve his setup hearing what others do um, definitely helps to find new things that may work better and so um, so he just kind of wants to hear our setup so Devin you and I we were hanging out last week um, getting you were helping me get my bow set up which was an awesome process and if you guys haven't heard um, Devin's first episode, I think that was episode six. Six. Uh, if we if we go That's way, Daniel's telling us. If we go way back to, to when we first got started, yeah. And um, Devin is, I I call him the Bow Doctor, but that I think has already been trademarked. It <laughs> is.
1: I actually tried to trademark that after you, <laughs> you? Uh, mentioned it, and it's already taken. Um, what
2: about the Bow Father?
1: No. And fun fact too, um, we actually tried to trademark Ozark Archery, but Walmart holds all the patents on anything Ozark, so we're doing uh, Ozk Archery now. Okay.
2: Hey, there you go. Yeah. I wonder if they've patented Ozark Podcast. <laughs> we need to check. Uh-oh. I don't. Oh, I bet you couldn't get it. Uh oh. We should be good. We'll figure that out later. Cut. Uh, so so anyway, so we uh, so we've got Devin back on. Devin, you're a big public land hunter. You're a big mobile hunter. Um, you've been hunting in a saddle for.
1: This will be how year. I this will be year four. I believe. Okay. Yeah. I you know we when we moved up here uh, six years ago. I did one season of taking a climbing yeah. or taking a climber, you know two miles back into public. that was miserable. then I did one season of a hang on with sticks that was miserable, and now I'm really happy so
2: yeah so you've you've enjoyed you've you're fully switched over your saddle hunting year round unless
1: much. I'm in Kansas and it's a small cedar that you can't get a saddle in, so there are some applications where you know a hang on stand can get in a tree that a saddle can't. But that's few and far between.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I think uh, what I'd love to do is just go through. We can talk. And Adam, I know you're not really a saddle hunter um, full time. You've done it a few times, yeah. but you hunt. You use a. Do you mostly use a climber? A climber, or no? I or? I have a climber that I use around here in Arkansas because there's
0: a lot of really easy trees to get in, and I usually don't make big hikes back into public. I'm usually just trying to shoot a doe or two. Um, but in Kansas, usually I'll I'll carry my sticks and I hang on. And and it's not too far of a walk. And, you know, all the trees are, are either big oaks that we're in or or really tiny, you know, cedar trees like you were talking about. Um, so I have hunted in a saddle. Last year is my first time. I think I did it three or four times. The first couple of times was a mess. Like I didn't practice yeah. at all. Josh told me. Yep. He gave me a setup and told me like we... He had me climb like five feet off the ground. Well, I, I got to the tree by myself and I'm just a wreck. Like, I'm getting up the tree. You know, I'm not organized at all. And I had no idea where to put anything, what to do. But after a couple of times, I was starting to get the hang of it.
2: Yeah. It does. You got to, you do have to practice, especially if it's your first time jumping in it.
0: And you have to know your exact plan before you put your step sticks on the tree
2: yeah it, that is super that's like a, a crucial piece of getting into it this is this will be my third year saddle hunting exclusively and that was like the, the learning curve is it's steeper than obviously climbing up a ladder right like it, it is more complicated than that but if you practice and you take the time to figure out what's the best climbing method for you what are you most comfortable with it can be a really efficient system um so let's just start with We'll get through, we'll talk through, you know, pros and cons, advantages, disadvantages. We'll go through our own setups. We can talk, Devin, you and I, um, and we'll just kind of see where it goes. But let's just start with like the basics for for anyone who's never heard of saddle hunting or like what is a saddle? You just want to kind of like explain what we're talking about here.
1: Yeah, it's essentially, if you think about a rock climbing harness, then think about it's got a mesh seat in it and that's a saddle. That's all it is. And it really they they vary. They would just weigh a few pounds. I personally run a tethered phantom, and um, with t- two ropes. There's two ropes, and or there's three ropes actually in a saddle. There's a bridge, and that bridge is the rope that is going on each side of your waist. And that's actually, that bridge is what connects you to the tree, to your tether, thus the name of the Tethered Company. Right. And that tether, you traditionally, you put that about head higher, a little bit higher. It depends. I had to run it low if I'm in a a tree with a lot of limbs. But that's something that's a very, and I just want to caution everybody, play with that. That is a very personal thing on how high that tether height and you can do a lot with it. You do it too low, you're not going to be able to swing around the tree. You do it too high, you're going to swing too far. And yeah, so,
2: and you'll be uncomfortable because when that when that rope is so high above you, it starts to pinch your hips kind of forward, and you can, you can get a little bit uncomfortable if you're not in the right sweet spot.
1: Oh, absolutely. And then the final rope that is critical to climbing the tree is just your lineman's belt almost, uh, but it's a rope, and I keep that on my left dump sack, and I'll get into the dump sacks. And Adam, yeah. I'm so glad you talked about it because – It is infuriating if you're not organized. I mean, I
0: I was cussing into the tree just at myself because I was not organized and, oh, it was awful.
1: Like my right dump pouch, and I'll get into the pouches later it has to be stacked a certain way. So there are certain straps in order um, in order to go up because it took me a long time. But, I mean, I go up one time. I don't go up and down at all. It's yep. just up. And that can be hard when you've got a bow, a pack, and all of that. So that's basically the saddle. And then the other thing with a saddle is that you need something to stand on. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, – <laughs> I feel like, you know, people are so cyclical that they're making such big platforms now. I'm like, just buy a hang on <laughs> Yeah, stand. might as well take a stand at that it's point. huge. Yes. But I said I use a tethered phantom and, or a, a tethered platform, a predator platform, excuse right. me. And, you know, it's 12 inches wide at the widest point, maybe 10 inches deep. But that doesn't sound like a lot of room. But the key is I run my sticks on, at 9 o'clock up the tree. And if anybody, if you're a right-handed shooter and you're shooting out of a saddle, that's my biggest piece of advice to you is if you're wherever your twelve o'clock is when you're staring at the tree, run the sticks up at nine o'clock. Mm. Why? So you can use that top step to swing through the back. And that is a and it just extends On your the platform. Side. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: That makes sense. So so real quick, for anyone who's who's maybe a very visual person. And, and you're not following a saddle, basically, the way that I like to think about it, or I explain it to, like, my dad, who's not a big hunter, I'm like, it's a it's a big pair of underwear, basically, or, or like, a climbing harness. I've
1: heard them called death diapers, too, death in diapers. some of the forms. Mm-hmm. You
2: just put, it's like, it's mesh uh, climbing harness. You put on, just like a pair of, like, whitey-tidies. Mm-hmm. You strap in, and that's actually the thing that's holding you to the tree. You're not sitting in a, in a seat. You're not sitting... You know, you're not standing up the whole time. It's actually your body weight is in kind of like a swing, uh, pretty much. If you were leaned right. away from the tree, mm-hmm. so that's that's the basis of it. Um, like you said, it's super lightweight. So a lot of people who hike in quite a ways, they opt for the saddle.
0: It's basically like a harness. Yeah,
2: and honestly, I think that's that would be a great use
0: of a instead of a harness is just where your saddle if you're going, you know, to a lock on or or a ladder stand. I thought it was super comfortable, and I didn't even notice I was wearing it. You know, if I didn't have the ropes and, and carabiners and stuff weighing it down, right? Yeah, it's like you don't
2: you don't notice when you're wearing a pair of pants. Like, yeah, I mean, right? Like you just you forget about them eventually. Yeah. You're wearing them all day, but anyway. So that's so that's what it is. Um, so let's get into then pros and cons. Let's let's maybe start with with um, let's start with should we start with the bad or the good? So Which way we, should we go? Cons, because I think there's less
0: of them. There okay, are.
2: yeah. Let's start with disadvantages
0: probably comfortability
1: Uh, mine's pretty dialed i can wear it all day do you have knee pads or do you use knee pads i don't and i'm glad you brought that up um so by the time i've you know traditionally if i'm doing an all-day set which is the only time i'm really wanting knee pads it's in the rut and i probably shed a layer by then all i do is tie that around the tree in front of me and i kneel on that or and so i'm not knelt down first light or anything so i don't wear knee pads
2: hmm and I, I don't either. Um, there have been times when I have a longer sit that I I would like to I probably would actually be more willing to wear knee pads just because of my setup. I don't actually have a, a predator platform. I do run a tethered phantom so we have the same saddle but my I actually use a ring of steps um, at the top which has again like anything else there there are pros and cons to that um, Kyle Plunkett, co-host of the show he is like you have to get a predator platform i can't believe you have made it so long (laughs) and i just don't mind the ring of steps so i actually do put my knees on the tree a little bit more than probably you do because you have that extra platform space when you're up there in the tree Um, and so so good question I, i would say comfortability you know any any stand you sit in if you sit there long enough you're gonna you know you're gonna have fatigue right if if you if you're sitting out on one spot and your your butt's gonna you know your butt yeah extended. but you can just
0: slide over to the other side with a saddle I feel like there's either the same way with hanging the and it's cutting in for me at least you know obviously I was an amateur but it was cutting you know in, into my thighs and then I I would rotate around and you know put the rope over my shoulder or something to to get some relief but man I don't know how long sits you you mean whenever you say long sits but I could not sit sunrise to sunset in a saddle yeah. comfortably. Yeah. I know it, some people can though.
2: You definitely can. I think it comes down to I, I've done a couple all day sits in, in my saddle. I'm not a big all day sit hunter. You maybe You should be. Maybe you are more than more than me. Uh but I think it comes back to that like getting it dialed in, doing the practice. Yeah. If you I mean there's a there's a series of adjustments on a saddle too like mine there's there's different points that you can like hook your bridge to that's higher or lower on the saddle. He, you can play like you were talking about, Devin. Where you actually tether to the tree? Is it above your head? Is it below your chin? Is it right at eye level? And that changes like the point of of where that um, of where your weight is sitting within the saddle. So you can have some of those adjustments.
1: So well, that too. And and don't forget, and folks, um, if you are. Were- ever considering buying the backrest for a saddle, do it or make one with a rope. That takes a lot of pressure off too when you can shift your weight to the back. Mm. So So I don't
2: use that. So what is that?
1: So the backrest just, it goes around your back and then it clips into the carabiner that's connecting your bridge to the tether. And so you can lean back then and you have back support and it's just got straps on each side. I mean, I I take naps in my saddle. I'll go to sleep. I don't. I'm not going to fall out of it. Yeah, it's. um, I feel much safer than that than I ever did in a harness with a with a lock-on stamp. But that backrest is a game changer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds. Um, Yeah, I've never
2: used one of those. That's a good idea. Is it? Does does most of the companies, the saddle companies, they sell that or are those kind of some of the saddle market is like aftermarket stuff that's like other people are making or you you kind of find on The
1: like, one I use is from Tethered but I mean once you see it I mean you'd be like I can make that for yeah, yeah. It's, it's easy. Right. Okay. That's cool.
2: Uh so so yeah so comfortability I th- I feel like that's always like the one that comes up first for mm. for people is like is it comfortable though? And I think it can be uncomfortable.
0: It can't be comfortable. It I was comfortable sometimes but yeah. then after about, you know, Thirty minutes
2: of sitting in the same spot, I I was getting
0: uncomfortable. Yeah, but maybe you guys are saying you can move comfortability to a pro of the
2: saddle. You can dial it in. Is 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 what I'm saying? Is I wouldn't that wouldn't be the thing that I would say. That is for sure a con of of the saddle. Um, I think there there's some like flexibility within that. Is what I would say.
1: What about what's your take,
2: Devin? Would you agree?
1: I'm really comfortable in that thing. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm so happy anytime I'm yeah, in it. And I'm not right. going to complain about, oh, it's pinching my thigh or, but um, no. Yeah. And I can't think of any other cons for me personally, other than there's some trees I can't get in if they're too small.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cons for me, you know, being an inexperienced was the, um, need for practice mm-hmm. which so you know if you're a weekender or not taking it super seriously you might struggle with it yeah
2: um there is a learning curve
0: yeah so I, I wouldn't say that's a con of the saddle hunting because i think if you're saddle hunting you're a more serious you know dedicated hunter um but it's not for you know someone who's just wanting to climb up in a tree and you know watch the sunset
2: yeah i'll throw out a con this is this is something that so like i said this is my third year exclusively hunting in the saddle for me, Acon is um, not Acon the artist. Acon, I thought <laughs> the same thing. Acon of the saddle is it does add time to your to getting up the tree. In, in my experience, and i and I'll preface that with um, the way that I have traditionally hunted in the past prior to the saddle on private land was ladder stands.
1: Already hung. I'll give you that then. So that's
2: not mobile hunting, though. It's not mobile hunting, right? right? So if if you're just if you're if you're someone who you hunt and you have always used ladder stands and you've already got a property that's completely set up with ladder stands in everywhere that you want to hunt, I actually wouldn't recommend this saddle to you. However, let's say you the the property that that I hunt a lot is a big property. Um, It's probably. I don't know five six hundred acres of private land from through a mutual friend, and uh, and there's not a whole lot of stand. I mean, there are stands set up, but there's just not a lot. But there there's places that I want to go and set up out there that I haven't been able to hunt before. That there's not a ladder there, and it does add time for me because I I'll basically go set up in a new spot anytime that I I put my saddle on, and so the climbing of it it, it adds that extra twenty minutes versus. Just climbing up a ladder is—it will always be a little bit more complicated than just climbing a ladder. Yeah, we agree. We agree. Yeah, <laughs> we agree.
0: I, I get what you're saying,
2: though. Yeah. yeah, but but versus to your point, versus just the traditional mobile hunting, it's a lot quicker than hanging hunt, is it? Oh, absolutely. so I've never yes. used a climber.
0: Well, I when I say hanging hunt, I don't mean climber. Okay, it's carrying sticks and a lock on.
1: Um, you know, just Yeah, because you can't go up the tree in one time with that. And if you can, it's gonna be loud, it's gonna be
0: Yeah, a try. Um, I can with my sticks, but that requires me tying two separate ropes, one to the lock on and one to my bow. <clears throat> yeah. And then that's that's a mess. So usually it's getting the sticks up, carrying or you know, attaching my hang on, going down getting my hang-on up, then having a rope to my bow and pulling it up. Yeah. So yeah. it it's a lot longer than a saddle would be. Yeah. Yeah. That makes oh,
1: sense. Oh, yeah. And I'm up in five. You know, the trees that take me the longest time to get up are the ones where there's a lot of cover. If I'm going up through limbs, it can be a pain, but it can also be it's worth that extra 10, 15, 20 minutes to me if it's if I'm hidden... That's probably my biggest. And when we get into pros, Mm -hmm. that that parlays really well into. Yeah. And so, you know, my favorite thing about a saddle is I can hide. Everybody says that. You you can hide behind the tree, but I can get into limbs. But it's not just the deer I can hide from, I can hide from you. Mm -hmm. You have no idea where I'm hunting. And that is more important to me than getting busted by a deer as a public land hunter. Yeah. I'm not marring into the tree with a climber, there's no distinguishable pattern. I can really leave no trace, and that's really important because um, there's nothing that ruins the hunt for me quicker than somebody walking up on me. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense.
2: So, any other any other cons, disadvantages we want to we want to throw out there?
1: It can be really expensive to get started, and okay. I think we should yep. go ahead and call that out. I'm
2: glad you said that. It's yep. like
1: I think I spent close to a thousand dollars for everything when I got into it.
0: Yeah. What sticks do you run?
1: Uh, lone Wolf. Okay.
0: Is that not the tethered? Thankfully. They have sticks. I didn't even know that. Yeah, it's not going too well for them. Though. Really?
1: Yeah, massive recall on every single. Step. Is that the tethered one? Is yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. I remember those uh-huh. hearing about
2: those coming out, but I'd never.
0: But anyway, so saddle what you could if you get a starter kit saddle for five hundred bucks. Uh huh.
1: And that includes ropes, saddle. But that's not the Ropeman's. And so add in another 60 bucks per Ropeman if you're using those Ascenders. Yeah, I'd say a, at least 400 bucks. And a mechanical – a Ropeman is a mechanical Ascender if anybody hasn't seen those. And I really – I would never had no experience with these. And rock climbers apparently use them. I didn't know, but yeah. – You're if, saying Ropeman? Ropeman? Ropeman. What is that?
2: If you're a rock climber, you'll you'll know what a mechanical Ascender is. But a, a Ropeman is basically a mechanical device that goes on your rope that allows you to make one-handed adjustments. Mm-hmm. So the, the prussic knot is what you would tie to attach, say, your um, your bridge to your to your tether. That's mm-hmm. how you would hook in. And if you wanted to move up or down the rope that's hanging off the tree, you would loosen the prussic, slide it up, and then lean back on it and, and tighten
1: it again. Oh, if you didn't have a mechanical ascender, that's why you didn't like that. I on. didn't. I think it was oh. just a knot that you, you.
0: my bow had to be hung up, grab it, and then, you know, Do that.
1: Oh, that's uncivilized. No wonder you didn't have a good time. Okay.
0: Well, (laughs) that's barbaric, Adam. Blame Josh. Yeah.
2: That's his setup, but maybe there was one and I just don't remember. I I Well, so so back to your point, Josh may not have had one because they are expensive. I mean that as a rope man is another seventy, eighty, ninety bucks to your to your setup. So yes. I'm glad you brought that up because you
1: need two. Okay.
2: You you I actually get away with just one. You don't have to have two because I just I don't adjust my tether all that much. I adjust my lineman's belt as I climb constantly. But on my tether, I don't adjust that one all that
1: much. Well, yeah, that gets into the have versus need. I mean, it's it's yeah. a lot more fun to cry in a Mercedes than an old Honda Civic. So <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, same thing here. To have two, having one on my, and I find it, you know, if I had one, I'd have a hard time where do I put it because – where I feel in, not in danger, but where I'm vulnerable is when I'm climbing, mm-hmm. and so my lineman's belt. I love that I've got that adjustability. Totally there, agree, especially when I'm ha- when I'm at the top of the tree and I'm getting set up.
2: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I leave mine my, my ropeman on the lineman's belt because I adjust that one a lot more frequently as I climb as like as I descend. Um, but yes, to your to your original point, it can be more expensive. For me, the thought process that I went through is again you consider like what I was doing before I was trying to hunt new spots and I was then trying to like on private land. So I was buying a new ladder stand for every single spot that I wanted to go hunt. And I'm like, gosh, if I buy one saddle, I'm going to like, it, you know, three ladder stands is going to pay for like the same cost of, of the saddle.
1: Who's the barbarian now?
2: Yeah. <laughs> So for me, it was like a I was like a no brainer. I can hunt anywhere, any given day. I can go set up in a new spot and explore this land and, and scout in a different spot and hunt here, hunt there.
1: And I think for me, the big thing and and you're using a word I know lots of people do, but you know I'll talk about this on the pros. You keep saying the word spot. Mm-hmm. Do don't have spots, man? Yeah. And so you know, a saddle and being able to be mobile enables you to follow them, especially as we're getting into early season. It's going to be chasing feed trees. And if you don't chase feed trees and you're just sitting down hoping that something comes in, um, it's a lot easier to chase them when they're constantly moving, especially in late season, too. They, they, the boys bunch back up. And when I talk about my biggest saddle fail, it was in the late season hunt. But being able to be mobile, I couldn't even imagine chasing them with a log on. Mm. Not when they're, no, there's no way. Yeah.
2: So let's go to the pros. What's the, what's the biggest one that sticks out to you, Devin?
1: It's mobile. At the end of the day, you know, I mean, my, my, the primary place that I hunt during the rut, it's a 1.76-mile walk-in. And if there's somebody on a certain fire road, it's going to be over two miles because I'm not going to walk under you. You shouldn't walk under other people either. We can have a public land etiquette talk at some time, <laughs> too. There's a podcast topic. There you go. But um, in being able to do that, I wouldn't do it with a hang-on because physically I don't think I could. I'd just be wiped. By the time I get there, I'd be a big sweatball. But now the mobility of it, that's, I mean, that's the key for me. That, and like I referenced earlier, the fact I can hide from deer and I can hide from other hunters is huge to me. Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't like permanent sets. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, and, and with the mobility comes the the obvious, just the lightweight nature of it. You, you put that on. I don't know, like when the when the tethered phantom comes out of the package, I wanna say it's like, it's not even a pound. It's like a, it's 10 ounces or something like that. Now add your dump pouch, add your, your ropes and, and your stuff to that. It starts to weigh a little bit more, but still, I don't even know what the average climber weighs or.
0: Well, I, I have a new mobile setup on the way right now, and I think the lock on stand itself is 12 pounds, but it's not necessarily the weight as it is the size. Bingo. Having to either carry it like this. Or have a full backpack system, and then you can't really carry your backpack well.
1: Mm. You just hit the nail on the head. It's the size. Oh, I know. I, yeah,
0: that's what I do. But I always just either bite the bullet and carry it, right. or I don't know, find find another way to do it.
1: Yeah. Oh, and especially too, you know, I'm primarily going to super high stem count play areas, and you have a lock on on your back or you're dragging it. That is just ting to ting, ting, ting. That's just extra metal hitting those briars, hitting the limbs. You're making more noise. I mean, you're just so much more stealthy now. I just worry about my sticks.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, and the sticks, <clears throat> the the sticks that you guys use. I so I don't use sticks. I use, I have a different um, climbing method, which I can talk about here. It's I don't. I'm not going to say it's the best climbing method, but it is one that I use. <clears throat> and um, I think it'd be good to compare sticks versus what I use and what um, Kyle uses. He also uses the same setup. Um, but what do sticks weigh? Like when you. When you're considering walking in, and, and how much size do they take up? Are they cumbersome? No, they're on my backpack. What size
0: are yours? Is it three step or three? three step? Okay, yeah. So those those take up more mass. I think I have three step lone wolf as well, and I think it's like 18 inches top to bottom.
1: Yeah, and I they stack four on top of each other. They strap together really tight, yeah. and I don't notice the I don't notice the weight. They don't weigh much. Mm-hmm. They're um, they're aluminum with steel steps, and so they're not heavy at all. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes, too, you know, especially if I know I'm coming back the next day, I just pull my bottom, too. Mm. Keep the honest people honest. And just the other two, yep. and then my platform and my tether's still up in the tree. Yeah. But check your tether if you leave it, because raccoons and our little furry friends in the woods will chew on stuff, and that is a good way to go to the ground fast. Ooh, yeah, you don't want to ride that train down to the
2: ground.
0: So another pro, I think, and I'd love to hear you guys' take on it, is shooting ability. Yes. Rotating around the tree. What's what's y'all's, um, I don't know, feedback on that or, or experiences you guys have had where you have to go all the way around the tree to shoot?
1: Yeah, and I think it's. I'm actually more stable in some positions in that saddle than I am because I have multiple points of contact. My feet are on the platform, my knees are against the tree, and I'm drawing, mm-hmm. you know, in some scenarios. But like you said, on sw- shooting on the backside of the tree, that is game-changing for me because you can't do that with a lock on but even the same right if i have to shoot on the weak side so again if you're visual you're staring at the tree and that's 12 o'clock three o'clock is the weak side shot considered hardest but i like it i actually feel safer because you know adam talked about putting the rope over his shoulder so take your right arm duck it under the rope Mm -hmm. spin and lean your back against the tree and now you have full support against that tree mm-hmm. I can shoot to my weak side really really confidently and so I like it from the shootability side but there can be issues but I'm saving that for yeah a little bit Are you
0: practicing a lot shooting from the saddle?
1: No, I did when I started okay. and after the mess up of this last December I shot out of it a whole lot. Okay. So
2: yeah. The uh that kind of just made me think of another thing that I would guess um some people may I, I think I've actually seen this a lot or heard this a lot on YouTube comments or whatever. People say, Yeah, it's nice that you can do that, but isn't that introducing a lot of extra movement? What would you say to those people?
1: Um uh, oh, that reminds me of that comment I talked about on an earlier podcast when people get onto me for running a fifteen inch stabilizer and their arrows are way longer than that. And so Yeah. Um, they're not wrong. It is a lot easier to move. But again, that's why I don't really care most so much about height. I feel I can get higher in the saddle, Mm -hmm. but I can get into cover. And so I'm not going to be, it's not just going to be, you know, Devin's ugly, ugly mug sitting up there swinging (laughs) around a tree. I'm going to have limbs below me to help me get away with that. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, but I can definitely see if you were like on a lone pine or you've got a big white oak and it's just you, you can, you're not going to get away with it because it it does does cause more movement.
2: It definitely does In, in certain scenarios. Um, But, and then the other counter I would say to that is, like, with the limbs and the leaves that you can hide behind, you're also, if the deer's approaching from the other side, you're behind the tree. So your your silhouette can be hidden, depending on where the the deer's approaching from, and and you're able to to stay behind the tree until you're ready to take that shot.
1: Or, if you can find it, some of my favorite saddle setups, and the saddle setups where I've killed, Um, if you can find a triple trunk tree game over you can't get a hang on in there you can't get a climber up it but i can sit there and i'm in the middle of it and i've got three buddies that i can Mm -hmm. use to hide now it takes a little bit to get your stabilizer around it or if you got an arrow um to shoot but yeah triple trunk trees or Mm multi-trunks they're your best friends yeah
2: yeah so the uh so the mobility of it we covered that we talked about the shooting uh you have a you have a Basically what we're saying is you have a wider angle, wider shot range, right?
0: You can shoot 360 degrees. You can turn all right. the way around. Yeah, because from a lock-on, you know, you could shoot, if you're facing away from the tree, um, you know, probably to 8 o'clock to about 3 to 4 o'clock, but everything back there by 6 o'clock, there's no no chance of shooting, mm-hmm. unless you're hanging on to your saddle or your uh, harness, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but with the saddle, you're able to literally swing around the tree right. as much as you need to, I guess. Yeah, exactly. More pro or more pros?
2: Any other pros? Pros.
1: Oh. It, it looks cool? <laughs>
0: looks it looks cool. It looks sick. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, you know, another big pro for me is, and we talked about this, you talked about it on Con, but I want to reiterate it again, and that is just your deployment time. And again, you sit there and you're not on the ground as long. And if you can get this, if you can get a system down, and I'm anxious since you don't hear sticks. Yeah. I'm hoping I'm not going to hear about these big spools of rope you use, but.
2: No. Oh, not. I know a guy who does that
1: though. And if you do that, that is a, all you are doing, that is a big scent wick. You are sitting there climbing at those ropes. You are leaving your scent down that whole thing. And if you don't think they, they don't notice that, I mean, you do you. You can be a deer deflector for me. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Same guys that leave their climbers at the base of the tree. Stop doing that. Yeah. But um, I'm anxious to hear. How do you get up the tree, Kyle?
2: Do we go there now? Are I we, so. are, we done with pro? pros? are we done with pros and cons? I guess.
1: I think we are on pros and cons. So yeah. I, I
0: want to hear you guys' is climbing. And then after that, I want to hear about organization in the tree, where you hang your bow, oh, yeah. how you position things, too. Yeah,
2: so. yeah. Yeah, that was one thing that Seth wanted to hear more about. It's like, go, go past the basics. Yeah, and, I, and I'll separate something real quick because you just said climbing method. We talked about saddle. Um, I, I think when I was first like learning about the saddle, it's, it's, the saddle has been around for a long time. However, the popularity of it has just recently taken off. I feel like more people than ever are using a saddle. And so it is still new to a lot of people. However, it's been around for a long time. Now, when I was first getting into it, I had to do a lot of research and understanding and watching YouTube videos just to understand, like, what the heck is a lineman's belt? What the heck is a saddle? What's a bridge? What's this rope? And I was like, this is so many different things that kind it felt complicated. But then once you understand what's what and what's a climbing method versus a saddle, um, that's where it's like, okay, no, this all makes sense. It's not as complicated as I thought. So I'll separate your climbing method is, is not your saddle, right? Like your climbing method is a completely separate thing. You can use, you know, three, four, five, six different ways to get up a tree. Everyone may have a different way to get up a tree and then you can still saddle hunt or change. Or you even mentioned your platform and, and your actual saddle setup of how you stand in the tree can vary, It's like endlessly customizable. So um, with that being said, my climbing method, to your question, Devin, so I use, and I don't know if you've heard of these or not, I use um, what are, they're made by a company called Wild Edge, and they are um, basically, they're strap-on steps that you tie around, and then you cam them down. Gotcha,
1: I know what you're talking about. To lock on tight. You
2: know what I'm talking about? So that's what I use, and... With that, I have a climbing aid that goes – because if you didn't have a climbing aid, basically what you'd be looking at is you pop a step down, tight to the tree, you step up. Maybe you can lift your foot up three feet. You do another one three feet above that, three feet above that. So if you think about that, it would take you six steps to get to 18 feet. or You 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 can count the number of steps times three feet, and that's how you get to your hunting height. For me, I use a climbing aid because I – can get with my climbing aid, I can get five feet for every one step. So I tie one step right about eye level. I can hook onto that and then climb up on top of it. And then I my next one is at ten. And then my third one would be fifteen. And that's usually where I stop. I don't I don't really I hardly ever go any higher than that unless I'm in a really a lone pine, a tree with with nothing on it that's bare naked. I will go a little bit higher than that sometimes, but that's kind of that's the system that I use. So wild edge step ladders is what it's called.
0: Yeah, awesome. awesome. So that climbing aid, are you taking it off each time, and a, or is it? Are they like attached to each step? So the climbing aid is actually hooked to
2: my knees and my shins, basically.
0: Maybe maybe describe what a climbing aid is. Yeah,
2: so it's a. Uh, if you look it up, the system that I use, I don't actually know the name of the system, but it's the step ladders, and then. The front of the stepladder is like a, there's a bar that goes across the front. And then I use what's called a nader and a sweater. Those are the, <laughs> those are the aids, stupid names, great system. Okay. So your nader, and I hope I get these right, but your nader is basically, it's a strap that goes on your shin and it has a hook on your knee and it, and it lives on your knee. You wear it, you can wear it the whole time you're hunting. And I'll show you this after because Devin's looking at me like I've got three eyes. <laughs> so your nader sits on your knee and it hooks. And then you I will not. <laughs> your nadir. And then you're... Your sweater is on your <laughs> is on your other knee.
1: You ain't persuading me right now with <laughs> this description.
2: I'll have to. I'll post a video on on the Instagram. Did says, you guys
0: come up with these names? You're no, trial? dude.
2: These are people who came up with this, and
1: um, they sell a lot of these. They sell a lot of them.
2: <laughs> okay, sorry. Keep going. So anyway, so your, your your sweater's on the other side. Basically, you've got your your step at eye level. Okay. There's no way you'd be able to get your foot on top of that, right? Just by stepping up. Right. So you hook your your first aid, which is your sweater, onto that. And it allows you to step up onto that. The strap comes down to the bottom of your foot, and you step up onto that. Now you take your right foot, your right knee, and you hook on to the to the I see the bar, okay. and then you can just stand up. And it literally takes you um, it takes you five seconds. How do you climb down? You just do it in, in the exact reverse. So you 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 squat down, put your your hook your nader onto the bar to the sweater and then you hit the sweater on the bar, and then you step down. And it, it it is just as fast as... Somehow I'm following you. Are you? Yeah. I'm hoping that people can can follow me here, because I feel like I'm just like It's going to be on. hard to follow on a podcast. Like it that. will be. We'll definitely... Daniel, remind me. We'll, so get, we'll get a
0: video going. I have an idea in my head. Is it basically like... Oh, um. so from the sticks or the step, you're hooking onto the hook on your shin, which is basically a cable running underneath your foot. It's under your foot, right. Okay.
2: Yep. And yep. it stays there the whole time. So does that mean you're walking in, like not moving your ankles? Nope. Or so, do you put them on whenever you get So anywhere? I put them on at the base of the tree. Okay. It's one of the things that goes in my dump pouch. So, and back to your point, the order of things and how you have them in your dump pouch and in your setup matters. Because if it's at the bottom... And now you got to untangle all your ropes and get down there and, and do all this stuff. You're gonna just you're gonna hate it. It's gonna be a terrible experience. So um, yeah, for me, my nader and sweater are on the on top. I slide those on, takes 10 seconds to put them on. It's a loop, goes on the bottom of your foot, and then uh, and then it straps around your your shin bone basically. Same with the other side. You do the same thing, and then uh and then you then you get into the now. I put my lineman belt on. Now I start tying on my steps, and I'm in three steps. I only have to tie three things on, and I'm at 15 feet. How heavy is each one of those steps? Are they plastic? So they're made of metal, um, and there's actually – I'm going to sound like I'm doing some promoting for Wild Edge here. They have a video online of um, them hanging a four-wheeler off of this step. One single step hanging from a tree off of this. So they're like super strong. It's made by this ex-military guy um, who's just, he's gone through the the time and process to, to think through all the, all the things you need to think through. But anyways, that's my setup. Enough about me. Devin, what do, what do you use?
1: The lone wolf sticks. And I deploy the first two at the base of the tree. And so my first stick has an aider on it. That's about three to four feet long. It's got a couple steps. And I traditionally, I want to try and get to 20 feet at least. And uh, especially on public, it's different. I mean, deer walk around looking up just because they're so used to people. Right. <laughs> and so I want to get up high as I can. But, you know, I put the first two sticks on. And and, and when
2: you say get up to 20 feet, huh? you're talking about the base? Like where you're, you want your feet to be at 20 feet?
1: Correct. Okay. And so... That's not always possible. And sometimes it makes more sense to be lower. If I can be in limbs, it just depends. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's my climbing method. It's pretty simple. Um, when, I, when I put the first two on at the base, I've got loops on my other two sticks. And so I've got a stick hanging off each side of my saddle um, when I go up. And so then I put the third on, I'll climb, put the fourth on, and then the platform is uh, connected to the back on a carabiner that's mm-hmm. got electrical tape on it so it doesn't make noise. I was going to ask if you have them all taped up. Yep. And uh, just that one. And then from there, um, yeah, do you want to talk about dump pouch order? It's such an important thing.
2: Before we get to that, I want to – These things? Yeah, I want to go a little bit more into some oh, yeah, the pictures So um So, yes, um, On, I, I tape mine up too. I use a hockey tape of some kind, uh, camo hockey tape, because if you're not careful, you will clink around. You'll make some noise. You'll make some noises that deer don't like to hear and deer don't normally hear when people aren't there. Um, <clears throat> my with the uh, with the the step when it cams over, it's it locks in itself into place. And now, so I'll, I'll preface this. I'll say this: the reason I went with this system. I did a lot of research and went with this system instead of the climbing sticks. I could, you could convince me that the climbing sticks are the best way, the easiest way, the simplest way. You could make that argument. You might be right, you might be wrong, I don't know. The reason I went with this is because it only cost me like 100 bucks versus sticks, they're usually a lot more expensive. I've never bought any. And so when I was like buying the saddle and that was 400 bucks and now I'm buying these ropes and that was this. Now I bought a Ropeman. And that was another 80 bucks. And I'm like, golly, I'm getting close to a thousand bucks, like what you were just saying. And I'm like, I don't have another 400 bucks to, to drop on some sticks. And I just
0: looked it up. It looks like it can all fit in a
2: pouch. It fits in a pouch about the size of a, uh, a loaf of bread.
0: That's a huge pro. Yeah. Yeah. Then yeah. carrying sticks in. Right. What do sticks
2: cost? A
1: couple hundred bucks.
2: Yeah,
0: it depends how many you get, what size you get, double, single, what I brand. I, paid, I mean Novix is super expensive. Um, which is basically lone wolf, but
2: um,
1: I think I paid close to three hundred dollars for that set a few years ago.
2: And that's you really? said it's three. It's three sticks sticks, four sticks yeah. for three hundred bucks. Three hundred bucks. Mine cheaper are cheaper
0: or higher than you thought? That's more expensive mm. than I thought. Let's see what Lone Wolf is right now. I'll look right now. Too. I have old um, Lone Wolf, like ten years old. They were back when they were made in China, <laughs> but they still work for me. And I mean, I don't want to go buy
1: That's what happened ones. to Tethered.
2: And when, and when we say sticks, let's for anyone who doesn't know what, what a stick is, Daniel, our producer over here, he's but he knows what they are. <laughs> he he actually doesn't, which is why we have him come along and and tell us because if if you've never used sticks before. You might just be like, what the heck's a stick? So what's a stick? the stick? It's ladder basically sawed in like eighths kind of. It's basically a, a climbing ladder that's broken up into sections. Right. And you like, have a top and a bottom, and each one is a rung, right? Yeah, so like...
0: With a rung in the middle. The same one that Devin and I have, they're the longer ones, so they're 18 inches from the bottom step to the top step. Yeah. And it's a vertical bar. That has three steps and they're interchangeable. They can, you know, flop. Um, and they have a strap that goes around the front and you wrap it around the tree, hook it on, tighten it. And they have two teeth that, like, go against the tree mm-hmm. from the stick. Then you just pull it down and wait till the gravity basically just digs those teeth in. Digs in. So then
2: you're comfortable to. To hang on. Got it. Okay. Or climb on. And, and y'all said your setup was like 200 bucks. Yeah. The the actual sticks. Correct. So it's actually not that much more expensive. I, I, am, I am a cheapo when it comes to some of my stuff. Some things I'll spend more money on. Some things I won't. At the point in time when I got my setup, I was like, I am not going to spend 200, 300 bucks. Probably the ones I was looking at were 300 or 400. And I was like, I am just not going to spend that. So I, I did a ton of research to find this method and I really like it. And I've actually, um, Kyle Plunkett uses the same method um, just because it it's a lot more affordable. So if, if cost is something that you're looking at and you're thinking about, there are other ways to get around it. You don't have to to do the exact thing that everybody else does. No. That's my point. <laughs>
0: I, and I do love that you can carry them in a pouch. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Especially, I might look into it if I'm carrying a hang-on with my backpack, with a camera, with everything Sticks is just another piece of, another object that's sticking out, you know,
2: 15 inches from my backpack. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, before, we'll come to the dump pouch, we're going to get there. But before we do that, so you use a predator predator platform. Correct. So, you, you use your sticks, your climbing sticks, you get to the top, you get to your 20 feet, right? And then you hang your predator platform, and that cams down too, right, to lock into place? Correct. And then you climb up on the... Right, left side what did you say nine o'clock so you're
1: my sticks are on the left side of the platform
2: so on the left side yep gotcha and that's what you stand on all day correct so for my with my system I don't have a platform I could have a platform with the using the steps doesn't mean you can't have a platform or you know doesn't force you into one way Wild Edge does make a step ladder uh, an attachment to one of those steps that hooks in and is a little platform it's called a perch I actually, I have a, a pack of five steps. They, they compact into a, a little pouch the size of a loaf of bread. And then I use one, two, three to get to 15 feet. That's my hunting height. And then I will tie a step on the left side and a step on the right side. And I use that to put both, both of my feet down. So I have a ring of steps around the top. Mm-hmm. And now I can lean to the left. I can lean to the right. I can stand on it. With that, my... I don't have as much platform space as you do. So I I can't stand there with my entire foot on a flat spot. Basically the ball of my foot is, is on that. So I, I lean a little bit more. I will put my knees on the tree a little bit more, which is why I might opt for some, some knee pads. um, If I was, if I was thinking through it. Um, But that's, so that's what, what's called a ring of steps is basically an attachment. You know, I just tie my steps on in, in a ring around the tree.
1: And the leaning is key too. You know, a lot of people, even with a the platform, they're going to lean off the back because that takes pressure off your calves. Mm-hmm. If you are flat-footed and you are leaned back, your calves are engaged, and that's what gets tired.
2: Yeah, it does. Which goes to comfortability. I mean, if if it, again, it's it's another thing that you kind of got to get into it. You got to learn what's your sweet spot. Um, but it, it it can be uncomfortable. It definitely can be if if you're not taking care of your your calves and leaning and changing your position. Okay. Let's get into dump pouch order. How do you how do you set your stuff up and, and why is that important? What is a dump pouch? What does a dump pouch do?
1: So if you get on the Tether website, um, I actually recommend breakdown. If you're going to spend 600 spend 620 and get two pouches. I run one on my right, one on my left. And so on my left side, I'm right-handed. That's just the lineman's bell, and th- that stays there even when I'm up at the top. I don't put it in my bag. I kind of like that it's right there at the ready, too. It's a safety feature. If I fall, I've got a rope right there I can throw around the tree, um, even though falling really isn't a worry. But the right dump pouch is so critical. And I feel like, you know, if you're going to have a good time saddle hunting, you're going to have a bad time saddle hunting. It comes down to your organization. You know, Adam's talked about it. He's just flustered at the beginning or you know, not being organized. So the first thing that goes in the pouch is the first thing I need when I'm at the top of the tree. And so this is going to sound backwards, but it's you're pulling it out. And so the first thing that goes in the pouch is my Hero Clip. And the Hero Clip is a really cool carabiner with a hook on it. And that's what I hang my bow on. The, on top of the Hero Clip is sy S-I- or a, gosh, I'm going to butcher this. It's a Sys strap and it is tethered makes it. It is a strap with loops around the entire thing. Yeah. Molly loops. That's Molly loops, yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's on top of that because I need that as soon as I get to the top. Okay. But the first thing I need when I get to the top is my tether. And so my order here is hero clip, cis strap, the tether that's connecting me to the tree.
2: From the bottom of the pouch. Hero clip, cis strap, tether.
1: And in the side of the pouch, my predator platform strap is there, and then my backrest is there.
2: Mm, Don't
1: need the backrest right away. I need that predator platform strap first when I get to the top. Right. And so that's the order of that. And then hanging off is I've got my backpack on my back, and then my bow rope is going off the side, Mm -hmm. down to the bottom. Unless I'm in a tree with a ton of limbs, then my bow is strapped to the back of the pack. If I can't get it, pull it up. Yep.
0: Where where are you strapping it? Does it matter? Backpack belt loop?
1: I put it behind me. I found I don't not getting it. I don't know. You know, my wrist isn't flicking it around if it's tethered directly off my back, and that's where I carry my predator platform. It's carabinered right above the lower, right at my lower back, and then my bow rope is also right there as well. Okay. So the uh,
2: what is the the clip that you actually hook your bow into? That's the hero clip? Hero clip, yes. And how does that attach?
1: It's just a carabiner. Okay. It's a carabiner. It clips into that molly loop. Mm -hmm. Whenever that I choose, I keep mine on my left side at 3 o'clock as well so I can grab it, and that's it.
2: Is is it then a hook that, that comes off of that? Or whenever you have to – whenever you go to get your bow off of the the hanger, do you have to unclip
1: something? No. So it's basically – think about a carabiner. But think about it that if you're looking at a carabiner, on the straight side, it's got a J off the back. And that J, after it clips in, is what you hang the bow onto. So I don't have to unclip
2: it. So it stays open once – like the – it's not a carabiner that would then close, and now you're like clipping in your your bow. Oh, it's
1: closed. It's closed on the molly. The bow is an open hook. To your point,
2: the bow is an open hook. Okay, Correct. yeah, that's what I was trying to get at. Because I'm like, dude, you're so your sure bow, you're not unclipping.
0: Yeah. yeah, so your bow's not separated from the tree. If if I'm understanding what the molly hooks are or, or whatever loops, is it just like flush to the trunk of the tree? Correct.
1: Okay. Yeah, it is. Now another way that you could connect it. I know that Rustin over at United Outdoors mm-hmm. makes some of them. And it's just a Kydex hook that it literally bolts on where your sight block is on the bow. Mm-hmm. So you can just hook that piece of Kydex into that molly loop. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if he sells those. I think he does, but that's an option as well. Oh, that
2: goes on your bow. Correct. That, he like leaves that on his bow. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting.
1: And I actually like that a little bit better because on mine, you know, it's it's free to not come off if it doesn't want to. I yeah. might have to jerk on it a little bit yeah. that Kydex is just gonna slide right off I see yeah do you keep your quiver on your bow when you hunt don't ask me that question <laughs> I don't know
2: do you listen think to some oh people, whenever hey. people are <laughs> fully mobile do you listen then- to
1: online podcast clearly not <laughs> no a,
2: Adam Adam I, I like that
0: question because I don't, but you guys are all mobile, all, <laughs> you know, all in line. And, you know, why would, why else would Matthews make the whole inline system to bring the quiver closer to the bow for the mobile hunter?
1: So the only reason question. I brought that and I want to explain my uh, curt <laughs> response back to that question. And if you don't listen to online podcasts, sorry, leave Andy and Levi Morgan phenomenal content. But
0: I, I've listened to several, but I mean, not.
1: Levi's main, the joke of the whole podcast is, you know, if you want to shoot bad, shoot with your quiver on. And it's, it A, it's not only a parasail when you're doing that. I mean, that wind's going to hit it. But we were talking about this when I was tuning his bow. Yeah. Every time you take an arrow out, you're changing it by five, six hundred, whatever grains you are. Mm-hmm. And if you don't think that matters, you probably, yeah, it's fine. You it, the, Teach their own, but it does. It causes it to lean. So, no. But. Damn, I did it. Yeah, I pulled it away. <laughs> <laughs> so my quiver hangs on, has another piece of, yeah, actually it does, has right. a, a double carabiner on it. And so it's got one of those figure eight carabiners that's permanently attached to it. It's got tape on it, doesn't make noise. And so I just clip that on there. Gotcha.
0: And that's why I asked because I wasn't judging you if you did shoot with it on. Yeah. But you never mentioned an extra carabiner for your quiver. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. And that, by the way, and Adam, that's a good point. I probably got... um Six different of those figure eight carabiners okay. that are running around that molly strap. That way, I can actually move it, and I can actually, well, hang stuff. You yeah. know, your grunt call, not your range finder. Keep that in a chest rig, but right? Those type of things. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it definitely. Uh,
2: I so you told me that last weekend. Don't shoot with your quiver on. The last two seasons, I have. I, you know, I've done it, and and um. Like you said, teach their own. Everyone has their own way. Don't come at me, Devin. Don't I'm attack not. me over here. Um, but for me, it was like, it was, again, I come back to think about how how my setup is. I'm simplified. I'm cheap. I'm not, I don't want to buy a, a whole bunch of stuff. I already felt super complicated with my Nader and my sweater, and I was like, <laughs> I already have too many pieces. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, man,
1: just one more thing. So I'm just going to leave the quiver on. I'm not even going to be able to sleep tonight over nader and sweater. And- <laughs> Y'all need to go
2: look that
0: up. Mark. And, and <laughs> my, bi- my biggest thing is: is there a difference between nader and sweater, or can they go on either leg? Because you said one is specifically nader and one sweater.
2: You'll you won't you wouldn't want to change it up. You'll you'll get a.
1: <laughs> what if I'm feeling frisky? <laughs> well,
2: you might just want to then. But for me, it's like it's like anything else. Like why? You know, you wouldn't all of a sudden. You might if you're crazy. You might. You wouldn't all of a sudden like shoot with your left hand, right? Like you, you got to process. Oh, so it's a, uh, okay. I'm envisioning something. You can. Different. I think it's just two cables. It's two cables. You can change it up. It's just for me. I'm like, I've already got it this way. Okay. This is my routine. I don't want to change it up. I I'm just can't stop honest. thinking
1: about Ralph Nader. I'm just so so distracted <laughs> right now. <laughs>
2: uh, I but I got you curious though. You're gonna go look it up, aren't you? Oh, you are right.
1: I'm not gonna be able to sleep if I don't figure out what this is. <laughs>
2: okay, so you get you get to the top. You got
0: your platform on. You got your bow on your hook. You still have your backpack on your back. Where Correct. do you go there?
1: It goes on the right side.
0: Yeah, and you just hang it on whatever that Molly Loop thing is that you're using? Correct.
1: Okay. Lots of uh, figure eight, lots of figure eight carabiner clips, a lot of them. And I promise you, if you don't have these, you're not going to find them close to deer season. So, but those figure eight clips, that just, I keep one permanently there. Because if you don't, you get to the top of the tree, you're not going to have it. You're not going to find it. Mm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I do the same. So Been i Been there. Yeah. I put my backpack on the right side. And that, that's the weak side if it does if it does get in the way. will get back to the benefit of the saddle. You can kind of get around it even if it is in the way. You can lean out one way. You can come around the other way, turn around.
0: I'll even put it on my stick sometimes too. Oh, on, really? On the top step if you have sticks like, you know, ours if the top one is facing that way, then
2: you can just loop it around the top like mm-hmm. that.
0: It's just a little beneath you.
2: Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah, for me so so my dump pouch order is, um, and, and I'll actually go from, so you started from the top. I'm going to start from the bottom. So when I get to the tree, the first thing I want, I talked about it. Here we come, Nader Swader. I'm pulling that out, right? So I'm, I'm putting that on. I'm strapping it to my knee. I'm strapping it to my, to my foot. And then the next thing in my pouch is my lineman's belt, which is a, a big thing. I think another thing that maybe some people think of is like, all right, is saddle hunting, is it safe? 100%. You are always attached to the tree. Mm-hmm. And so there's... If, if you're doing it right and you're being safe, there's no way for you to fall. I'm sure someone could find a way. Don't come at me. Disclaimer. Well, you could slide down with a lineman's belt always. You could slide... <laughs> yep, you <laughs> hug took, it on the way down. You could if it was too loose. But that's with any time you're climbing a tree, you can always have that problem. A, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, so lineman's belt is the next thing that comes out. And then for me... I've got my my bag with my step. So now I'm tying on a step, cam it down, I hook in, I climb up, tie the next one, hook in, I climb up, hook in and tie the next one, and I climb up. Then when I get to the top, the next thing I want is my let me make sure. My tether. That's the very first thing. When I get to the top, I've got my lineman's belt. I'm keeping pressure on it. I'm I'm leaned away from the tree. I tie into my tether. And then at that point, I have no concern about falling because i am i am hooked in I, at that point i am so comfortable i could let go with both hands and i'll be fine so i do that first and then comes yeah i'm putting on my strap to to get my bow up there um to ho- hook in my bow and, and i hunt a lot on private i don't think you can actually screw into a, a tree on public
1: not in arkansas
2: not in arkansas so i hunt on private uh, and and i actually have like a screw-in bow hanger that, that goes in there and it swings out and it's got like that um that pivot on it so that's what I use. And I don't know what the name of that is, but you can find, there are five bucks at Bass Pro.
1: Yeah, and that's a good point. You brought up something there. Sometimes if it's, you know, you're feeling, if it's a shady situation, you're feeling a little sketchy, maybe it's rainy, maybe it's sleeting, maybe it's high wind, I will go ahead and before I even put the predator platform down, I'll tether myself to the tree. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll run both. And that way I can at least step up on that platform and I'm scooting that tether because to your point, if I fall, it's going to catch me. Yeah,
2: yeah, every time it's uh it it, it's it's huge the um the tether that i use is actually the one that tethered sells um but wild edge also gosh i sound like i'm sponsored by wild Edge. you're speaking good on them too i'm not i'm really not i just i i ended up finding this these guys and and whoever made this uh i think his last name is step with two p's and so the step ladder made first show sponsor Hey, maybe holler, uh, but he's got a a rope kit that is like um it's military grade rope. It's it's a lot thinner than like you know the tethered ropes. They're pretty thick. Is that what you use for your tether? Yeah, your line belt. They're pretty thick. They can they can get frayed after a little bit because it's a, a little bit softer rope. Um, the I'm forgetting the, the name of the rope now. Look it up on, on their website. But it's it's a like Marines use it or the military uses it. It's Amsteel? steel. It's not Amsteel, no. Um it's a it's a much thinner rope like Amsteel would be. Um, but it's 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 got a little bit more rigid texture to it, basically. It's not gonna just like flop down um the back of the tree on your lineman's belt. So I actually use that for my line's lineman's belt. Um, I'm looking. And so so that's my setup. But it comes in and it comes they've got a kit on there that comes with a rope man and, and some other stuff like that. But I really like I'm I'm to a point where I really like my setup. There are some things that I that I may want to upgrade. I may want to change. I may want to add a, a platform to my setup just to have a little bit more comfort comfort in my setup. But all in all, I'm pretty satisfied. I mean, this is my third year in a row hunting the same the same setup. Is it called a prusik line? No, I'll, I'll look it. Up.
0: Tactical saddle line, T vac prusik line.
2: Um, are you on their website? Yeah,
0: kiss line kit.
2: It's part of the KISS line kit. It's like the tan and white looking uh, rope. Okay. But anyways, are you... So what about you? Are are there any pieces of your saddle setup that you are still kind of tinkering with, experimenting with, or...
1: I'm really happy with it, honestly. And I got lucky. Now, that's not to say I won't experiment, you know, because I did. I initially, the rope or ascending or SRT or whatever was really attractive Mm -hmm. until... I thought, oh my God, look at all that stuff flapping in the wind. It's yeah. like, no. You know.
2: And those but, ropes will absorb your scent and they'll hold on to it. Oh, absolutely. It's just stuff. a big
1: scent wick. And so, you know, if you hunt public land in northwest Arkansas, yes. You should use SRT rope system, whatever. <laughs> I'm 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 your Huckleberry. <laughs> I love deer deflectors. I rely on y'all. Yeah. Um But no, I'm I'm really happy and I'm fortunate in that. I think they're the area where that I need to do next is I needed to get rid of the straps off my Lone Wolf sticks and move those to Amsteel. Mm-hmm. I've never taken the time to stitch those, but that'll take a couple pounds because those Amsteel doesn't weigh anything and those straps had to do have some weight to them. Yeah. So yeah, that's do. like the only thing that I mm-hmm. may do. Yeah.
0: Do you ever video your hunts?
1: I don't. I don't. Okay. I have a hard enough time as it is. Yeah. So don't throw so a
0: camera in the mix. People throw a camera in there, put a camera arm. I I didn't know if you had, had experience with that. Um, but I feel like that's just a whole other challenge to saddle hunting. But people do it all the time. They do. Kyle did it. Not you, Kyle, the other Kyle. The other Kyle. He shot a bear last year. Was that in his saddle, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he self filmed.
2: Yeah. But. Yeah, he got it done. So this rope is, it's a, um, it is the eight millimeter tactical saddle line on that website, okay. but it's a, it's called Sterling Oplux. And it's, um, it's an eight millimeter diameter rope, which is considered like very, A lot thinner than the half-inch ropes that tethered cells. Is it like this wire? Probably. It's a it's a bit thicker than that wire, Um, but it's uh it was created by the special ops and the SWAT and other elite units use it, and it's just it's built for tactical operations. It's probably you know it's it's overkill, but it's it does. My dump pouches, if I were to use two of the tethered ropes, it'd be filled to the brim. I have a little bit of extra room um, to where it's not just like ballooning out of the side of my hip. Which, which is what I like. This come, coming back to your point, the size of things matters. You kind of want to get things pretty condensed mm-hmm. and small. Absolutely. Okay. Where do we want to go from here? Um,
1: well, one of the big things that I at least want to touch or harp on, folks, is yeah. this. If you're shooting a bow out of a saddle, pay attention to your form. It will cost you. It is so easy to get all bent out of shape when you're in that. And form out of a saddle, you need to maintain that. And, you know, if you're practicing and you're not hitting right, it's probably because your anchor's messed up or your arm is bent or your front shoulder's not seated properly. Mm -hmm. It is really easy to get bent out of whack in the saddle. I mean, it cost me 130-inch deer on public up here this year at 26 yards. 26 yards. Oh, man. Does that
2: keep you up at night?
1: No, it doesn't. I've come to peace Sounds with like it. You've come
2: to peace with it by now? No. How, how many years later? This was last year. This was last year. <laughs> okay. And,
1: you know, that was, you know, that I learned a lesson on that animal. And if you're going to get up in the limbs like I like to, think that was a weak side shot that I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And I had to bend over. And I had to, my hip was against a, uh, a limb. And I was so high up, and he was in the bottom of a ditch. And, I mean, the angle was horrid. It was straight down. The only way to get on him. But, I mean, I shot right over him. And I was like, there's no way I hit high. Knocked another arrow after he ran off and shot it at my other arrow. I couldn't hit it. I hit high again. Really? I was like, oh. Uh My front bow arm was dropped. (laughs) Yeah. And there was no way for me to get it there. And so... A little bit of patience there. And so now I try and back off a little bit. I don't want to be on top of them. I'd rather them be at, you know, forty, fifty yards supposed to right underneath me in a saddle. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Preventing that leading arm just falling down and you not going with it. Yep.
2: That's that's in general just bow hunting one one. Like mm-hmm. I feel like it's probably it's probably a little bit I don't know if easier is the right word, but that may happen more frequently in a saddle because you are. You may be bent. You may have your hips bent a little bit forward. You may be your knees against the tree. You just might be in a different position versus sitting down, where you might be more straight up, um, standing. Even it's probably a little bit more prone to to happening. But the way I always think about it is, if perfect shooting form is where you're standing there and your your bones make a T, you know, you're, you're forming that T, right? And and correct me if I'm wrong here, Devin, uh, but Basically, the structure of a, of a good shooting form would be a perfect T at the top, right? Correct. And so if now you're picturing yourself leaning down, you're making this acute angle with your lead arm in your side that now is completely different from how you've practiced shooting the past however many months getting ready for the season. And so the key is to bend at your hip. Correct and and keep that T intact at the top.
1: And you've got to trust your equipment there, and that can be scary too. You need to be able to lean back. You know, I've seen situations where, and I shot a doe once, where I literally collapsed my knee in where I could shoot her from underneath, but I was able to be at a T. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't have done that, but for knowing I could fall through here, especially yeah. after the shot. So, you know, this is, do this when you're like three feet off the ground, but if you're new to a saddle and you don't have trust in it, Put it on tight, and then hang upside down and try and fall out. It just it, it brings you at ease on the ground, and knowing okay, this is going to hold on to me, mm-hmm. you'll feel better. It gets confidence. It's just like shooting; you're going to be you're going to perform better. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
2: Yeah, that's a that's an important point to bring up. Um, and like I said, that's bow hunting in general. Yeah. Um, is there anything else we we feel like we haven't covered with the saddle? I think we should dive into broadheads
0: and arrow tuning. <laughs> yeah right
2: we'll be here for three hours man I'm not, kidding not, man. not with this guy
1: go see your local pro shop they'll take care of you <laughs> yeah. I hear
2: well Devin thanks so much for hanging out with us tonight and talking through the, the pros and cons of the saddle and diving into that a little bit um, always enjoy getting to hang out with you and man I just I love talking bow hunting with you because I, I know that I can always ask questions and you're just going to give it to me like it like it is.
1: Oh, and I appreciate y'all. Y'all are doing some really good stuff and I'm glad you're getting some, you're getting more conversations out here and it's an exciting time to be in Northwest Arkansas. I feel like the hunting community and the outdoor community is really starting to come together more and we yeah. saw that with Hunter's Night with the yeah. United Outdoors put on. That was a great time. That was cool. And with BHA's getting more active, and and it's it's just exciting to be here, and it feels like there's a good community here. Yeah, I'm still gonna scream at you. You walk in on me, though. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. fine. That's so. fine. That's fine.
2: Yeah, and we always love hearing from listeners. And and um, Seth, again, thank you for for the idea for the episode. We love hearing from y'all. So if y'all have any ideas like that, let us know. Um, you can reach out to us on Instagram. You can reach out to us over email. Um, whatever works for you. We we love hearing ideas. So um, with that. We'll, uh, we'll wrap it up. If you guys like this episode, make sure you let us know. Share it on social media. And if you really liked it, feel free to leave us a five-star written review and send it to us, and we'll get you a free sticker. Hope you all enjoy This
1: podcast is presented by England Outdoors, hosted by Kyle Beat, produced by Daniel Matthews, and co-hosted by Kyle Plunkett, Adam Treese, and Joshua. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a five-star rating, a review, and sharing it with someone in the Ozarks. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.